Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're going to be talking about soil sampling and soil health. In our spotlight, we're going to take a look at our first corn crop update from USDA. Egg History Minute, we'll talk a little bit about the Commission on Country Life. Cool beans, that's corny. We'll be looking at some current events and we'll wrap it all up with our egg idiom of the week. With me today are Bill Schomburg. Hey guys. Max Garvey. What's up, everybody? Todd Schomburg. Hey to all the Tilthies out there. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. All right. Big big week here on Jeopardy. We got two weeks. Aaron Rodgers. Well, this is his first week. Yes. Rodgers. Got the Rogers rate for your Jeopardy needs. Been hosting. Got I don't want to say blindsided, but hit up with a uh, playoff question right off the bat first first night. So no, so far it's actually I I mean I, they're touting him how good he is and he he's good, but I I don't think I he think it's Trebek or anything I think like he's that. well I think he's the best guest host they've had. Yes. And Trebek had like forever to practice and just hone his craft. You, right. know, you give Rogers, you know, even a season, he'll get better throughout the season. And, and part of it is how much are you saying he's maybe not as good as Trebek, or you're not used to him like you're used to I, Trebek. I think how long Trebek did it. Yeah, you can't really compare these guys to Trebek because no, 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 I agree. I, he was like a little quiet and then slightly like you could tell he didn't want to jump on the contestants, which was good because Doctor Oz did that. But he yeah. Just, He's got to find a, yeah, find a little bit way to be kind of just more present or something like that. So probably, pen, probably, pending lawsuits for Dr. Oz jumping in. <laughs> <laughs> probably going to say the same thing about when some guy comes to replace Euchre. We're going to say like how they're not as good, but what it's really going to be is he, but he's not Euchre. Like, <laughs> like Rodgers is a football player as well, which a lot of these football players go on to do like the straight hand, you know, and, and they can be really good on television. But that doesn't mean they will be. Or I, I, I think he's doing a good job, though, and it's fun to see. Well, yeah, you, you, there's always there. the Jason Wittens of the world who, yes. who go don't. to the broadcast booth for a year, break a trophy, and then hey. end up going back and playing. Everybody football. can't be Tony Romo. Hey, say I don't know, Bill. I don't know. <laughs> the Tony Romo. No, I think he's and I think he's doing a good job, and I like I see him on the Pat McAfee show or hear yeah. him on both, yeah. I guess, because they do have a video. Um, he does a good job with that, but that's not exactly the same thing as Jeopardy. That's just boy, like but that's yes, just the boys just hanging out. Yeah, but there's some people that come on the Pat McAfee show that are horrible. So he's at least got that going. He can do a little bit of, and he he always is super articulate in his interviews. We don't always like what he has to say, or he's not as forthcoming as we want. But that's more of the fan in us than the the uh, public speaking critique. It's it's very weird because I love watching him on Jeopardy, but at the same time, I feel like. This is the first sign of the breakup. Not the first <laughs> sign. This is, you know, like many signs down yeah. the road of the breakup of the Packers and and Aaron Rodgers. And it probably started with the draft last year with Jordan Love. And yeah, this. But they, the Packers, like the Packers, more. a year, two years ago, saw Rodgers be eh for Rodgers, you know, and they thought, oh, we'll draft this quarterback, we'll let Rodgers do his thing for a couple years, and then it's like the Bill, oh, Bill Belichick playbook. They, Drafted Grapp or pulled in Garoppolo, and they but, were kind of competing there. And but Garoppolo actually looked good and played like love. Yeah, we don't even we don't know, even know anything. He, like I don't even know if a team would take him because right. they won't. Because like, yeah, what is he? And then Rogers really threw the done. wrench in the plan because he got the MVP. Yeah, like no one expected no, right. that. If 
if Rodgers would leave to be the host of Jeopardy, that's not the same as him leaving to play oh, somewhere. That's but, like, but that, I don't think because he also said you could be the host of Jeopardy and still and play. still play. Yeah, they only they, tape like forty some days or fifty days. His his two weeks was recorded over two days. Two days, yeah, in February. What a gig like that! Like, what's the number one gig? Pat Sajak, Wheel of Fortune. Because well, it probably used just, to be Jeopardy, yeah, but now that yeah. you know what I mean, like. But if you're any other like. Hollywood person, wouldn't you be trying to get like this gig, like Drew Carey style, where he he goes in after uh, Drew Carey did get the hottest job oh, when it was it, available. It's, yeah, it's hard yeah. to be that follow up person because yeah, the first few years of Drew Carey, even on oh yeah, they were, were they pretty were awkward. Yeah. yeah, now we're getting used to it, but yeah, he yeah. was Rogers knows being how sick to follow at, a legend. Yeah, being home, be good. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't have to deal with the old guy. Right, the old guy job doesn't so. want to come back. Right. Oh, can you imagine if they were interviewing? Trebek right now about how oh, yeah, how good of a job be... do you think Rogers is doing? I mean, obviously he would never say anything bad, but right. well, he's Canadian, so he he'd be polite. And... Yeah, <laughs> and offer you a couple maple syrup. I don't know what it's a boot, but I would I'd, I'd love to stay and do Jeopardy for another decade. But yeah, anyway, it's been fun to watch. So yeah, something different. Next week we'll have the final report. I think it'll even get better by the, oh, yeah. the end of his two weeks, oh, yeah. or it's basically two days of filming. So like the second day of filming, you got to think. Yeah, you think it took him two weeks? Like, oh, you're well, yeah, getting better at the end of the more. second week. I mean, to do five episodes in a day, I imagine they've got to. You probably get like maybe a half hour in between to kind of change, get everything set up. Yeah, it, right, yeah. Swap a tie, probably. It, yeah, I mean, honestly, right. he said he did have ten different suits. So sure, Just change it every time. He should have wore the suit that he wore on draft night. <laughs> Probably doesn't fit him. Oh, come on. Uh, he's a little more ripped now. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, but that suit was huge. True. Because he was drafted. I hope one of his episodes is that uh, denim, the Canadian tuxedo <laughs> yep. that he wore a few years ago. Oh, that was a good one. Yep. I he wore that, that for one of the, like, the banquets yeah, was a banquet. where they have the fans oh, in or whatever. Him and it, was the, it was the investor or the um, stockholders yeah. lunch. Lunch, yep. yeah. So yeah, hopefully that makes an appearance on Jeopardy. In honor of Alex Trebek being Canadian, it's only right to wear a Canadian tuxedo and be a denim Dan on Jeopardy. Denim Dan. You could petition that, Matt, but you're <laughs> it's a couple late. months yeah. too late. I would have had to petition that back in January. <laughs> and you didn't know <laughs> right. when he was taping. So We had a hot, warm week, didn't we? Got, got yeah, us. abnormally warm. Got a sunburn this week. <laughs> got the oh, base. yes. I got the... Can you still see my sunglass lines on the side of my head? Ooh, you yes. still see them? Yeah. Monday and Tuesday, full days of soil sampling. She was warm. She was a toasty. Like, when I got home, I was like, man, my neck hurts. Yeah, it wasn't just abnormally warm. It was like, the, it's summertime. The like, sun, yeah, it was so sunny and just felt... And it never really cooled up. Like, it was still kind of stuffy. Yeah. Like, it wasn't the transition. It was like, yep, full stop. Nope, summer. Yeah. Like, it go. was going to bed those nights was kind of sucky because you didn't want to turn on the ac right. you know it was it was warm in the house like it warmed up quick it's nice when the furnace doesn't kick on all day right oh can you imagine the power bill mm, it'd be fantastic <laughs> yeah can you imagine if it did kick on how yeah. uncomfortable that would have been <laughs> like, no no what why are you going on accidentally flip the pellet stove on in the morning because you're just used to doing it every morning turning it on <laughs> No, it was awesome. I was felt felt good. Now, now we're gonna be cold again for two weeks. It looks like, but oh well. Enjoyed that, it while we had it. Normal. 
got a lot of work done in it, a lot of guys got a lot of work done in a couple of days yeah, there while it was new nice. Se- some new seatings went in. Some, a a yeah, lot. Just, yeah. A lot. I kept in my head, I was like, man, I wish we were working ground. But then when you look at the forecast, we're nowhere near putting corn in yet. So it's going to get rained on three times. They would have worked it now. But I did get excited. I swear I saw a guy yesterday planting soybeans, which I'm sure there are guys trying that. I, but I, it was, I was. It was like a no-till drill into corn stalks. And there's no way you'd be planting a new seeding that way. So I was positive that I saw a field last was it? Oh, it was Monday. That's when it was. I was positive that it was a row row crop field. So it was either corn or soybeans. And the farm that runs that, I'm pretty sure, does not plant soybeans. So I'm, I think they've planted corn, which is brave. Ooh, that would be brave. But the, er- the earliest I ever remember around here was a guy planted the 15th of April. Of April. That'd be early. that's early, and it sat in the ground for like. I think we planted last weeks. year on like April twenty first. Yeah. I think is the earliest stuff I had last year. Everything we planted last year between the end of April and the middle of May sat in the ground yeah. for at least a week, or in some cases, some almost. Of yeah, it's had some stuff that was in twenty days. Yeah, I was gonna say a full three weeks before we saw it. We're starting to starting to get a little nervous. But yeah, I don't know. We're a ways away yet. Yeah, just need to be patient. So are you an aloe guy, Max? Like you got to put some aloe nah. on the burn or you just let it nah. ride? Nah. Nope. Just kind of let it happen. I've, in the last couple of years, I've been better at putting on sunscreen at least once a summer. So that's good. Put it on early in the summer and be good for the rest of the summer. Yeah. Yeah. I just am not, I, I, I forget and I don't like the way it feels. I'm, I'm, I'm whiny, so I just don't do it. Mm-hmm. And then I whine about being, sun- no, I, I don't mind being sunburned actually. Preparation H feels good on the whole. <laughs> yep. Sure enough. Someday when you have melanoma. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm going to get it on the, I'm going to get it on my left arm from hanging from- out the window while I'm driving. That's what gets burnt the worst all the time. Mm-hmm. Or even when the window's up on those really hot sunny days in the summer, you can feel it like burning through the window. Yeah, mine's nose and ears. If I don't get them, good Ooh, my enough, nose is pretty pretty bad. They too. usually tend to get it. My nose is pretty bad. We'll see. All right, you guys ready to get into this? Yep, let's do it. So today we're going to talk some soil health and soil sampling. So last week we touched on it a little bit with Haney tests, and there are. A lot of different tests out there you can do, whether it's the Haney extraction or any number of biological and other um, tests, CO2 respiration, um, that you can do to gain information. So, Max, this was your topic for the week. So, what do you got for us? Yeah, so I, I basically focused on the Haney just because I think right now that's probably the most common and the most well-known one. Uh, you guys can argue with me on that, I guess. but I would say it's the well-known and that, most yeah, common. That's probably, the one yeah. that we're seeing the most. That's the one I, t- I don't get questions about, like a, the respiration test or anything. It's basically, should we pull a Haney? Yeah, the only other one I would say is the the Cornell Soil Health Assessment. Yep, that one. Yep, that that's another decent one. That, or the, one that gets talked about enough. The cash, because I think it's the, the Cornell it Assessment of Soil Health. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So the one, the one from Missouri is getting some action too. Yeah. Traction. 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 Maction. 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 Missouri is in the Mac. Yeah. Well, Maction. So anyway, so that's kind of where I went with this week. Um, and I guess the way I want to talk about this was the way a Haney test is a soil test, right? And we pull soil tests every three years, and you guys know that whole deal. But they're not created exactly equal, and I don't think either one can replace the other one. But when used together, you can gain a lot of information. 
So yeah, yeah, one thing to think about is our traditional soil test test chemistry, um, as far as you know, pK and and their extractions, and they test chemistry. And these new ones are trying to test biology, which is much harder to test. So in some ways, they're using chemistry to sort of extrapolate to biology. Well, there, yeah, there still is, yeah, some some chemistry aspects depending on what route you're going because the, the Haney extraction is a water-soluble ver- yep. version of the nutrients. So I think, um, I don't think a Haney is ever going to replace our standard soil sampling as far as giving nutrient recommendations. Do I think it could help with nutrient recommendations? Probably, right? Um, but it's not going to replace it first off because of the cost of, of a Haney soil test compared to a standard soil sample. Second off, it just doesn't, it, it, the point of it is not to give you a snapshot of nutrients. It's to give you a snapshot of biology, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then on the flip side, a standard soil sample, I think we can extrapolate some things and kind of learn about our soil health from a standard soil sample, but it doesn't paint the whole picture, right? We look at organic matter and we know that, Hey, that probably has a pretty you know, decent bearing on soil health. But aside from that, we don't get a whole CC, maybe Maybe. a little bit helps a little bit. Right. But other than that, I mean, knowing your P and K that, that doesn't high fertility soil doesn't necessarily mean, you know, healthy soil. It means high fertility soil. Inorganic matter can be a very good indicator of health. Yep. But that's not you It's going to vary quite a bit depending on soil type. Correct. Yeah. Right. Cause a, cause a healthy sand, or a high, a high organic matter sand is completely different than a low organic matter sand. And I don't know if neither one's any more healthier than the other. I mean, there's a, you know, so you got to watch that, which is, brings me to the next point here. It's a sliding scale of information, right? So you don't just take one Haney sample and one soil test, one sample from a soil test and put them together and be done. It's not how it works. So my, I, I really believe that um, if we really want Haney's to work for us or these, these other soil health tests, repetition is going to be the key. Yeah. Right. We taking it and getting these arbitrary numbers does not do anything for us. Right. Cause we don't, we don't have these numbers quite figured out what they all mean yet. Right. So we want to be doing these on a yearly or quarterly or, you know, uh, you know, twice a year, even spring and fall, um, and start to see looking for trends. Right. We want to spread these out across the farm and not do them all on these, corn silage fields like let's do one in that was corn silage one that's alfalfa and one that's beans and see the different um biology that's going on right we do soil tests across different um different crops all the time why would we why would our soil health test be any different and then um there's no one shot answer you cannot i cannot pull a haney tomorrow and just be like yep i have all the problems solved on this entire farm right it's years and a couple samples and different samples and all that stuff together gives us a plan of attack and a, a better picture of what's going on. Well, and like soil moisture is going to affect the result, right? Probably soil temperature. Yep. And so time of year you're taking it, soil temperature is going to be affected. But one thing you had mentioned, Max, that I think is important is if you're going to do these soil health tests is kind of do them at the same time always. Like if, if you're going to do one every year, then do it in the spring. If you decide I'm going to do it in the spring, then every year do it in the spring so that you, should, you can try to compare a little bit. What's the best time of year to do just one? Just one Haney? I got an, I mean, wouldn't it be when the corn is a lot of guys right are, before side dress so you could see A lot of guys nitrogen. are using it for side dress. Yeah. Um, and actually, some of the recommendations now for Haney's 
are not to take one, but to take three. So you would do like a pre pre plant or at planting a side dress and then a post harvest to kind of track okay. through the year. So we're actually doing that with a couple of farms. With I'll the, come post harvest, see what's left. I think yeah, to get an idea of what's there after the crop has come off. Well, in some argument too, I've had discussions with farmers. Todd, you've been in a couple about what does our our um, passes over the field do during the summer, like tillage and spraying, herb, whether it's herbicide or fungicide, does that affect our soil biology? So there, Todd, you could see, like you do post-harvest, you could see if anything happened between spring and fall, like did our did our treatments affect the way the microbes reacted? Maybe not, but... It'd be hard to see that. I mean, obviously the respiration test would show that, but you might have less respiration at that time anyway. of the year, just anyway. But but there there is something to that. I I just... PSNT versus this, you know, what do you... I mean, PSNT is cheap, pretty quick. It just basically tells you the nitrate level where this gives you a lot more... Um, different things. I'll let you know this All year. All right. <laughs> this year. <laughs> to be determined. At, I, least, at least on one farm, I've already got it planned, potentially on another. I'm um, going to do a Haney and a PSNT at the same time. Sure. And maybe Ooh. you're... Yeah. Well, okay, let's be... A Haney, you get a nitrate test from it, right? right? Yep. So... But a Haney's pulled at a, usually a six-inch core versus okay, you're the 12-inch right. 12 12 core inch with that, a PSNT. That the PSNT's made so, to go to. Yeah. So, so my plan is to go side-by-side, side, t- taking both samples... With a, one, one at a twelve, six inch, and one, and one at a twelve yeah. inch, at the same, basically the same site, because they're both composites. Mm-hmm. So, you know, same so composite gonna, around the field. You're going to probe one with one probe, grab the other probe, probe yep. deeper. But that's a good point too. The nitrate level that you get from a Haney right. would so not correlate to, to the, the 12, chart yeah. that we use that tells right. us the twelve inch number. Yeah. So that is interesting. That, but it will be interesting to see what we see with that. You know, if if you think about, you know, the argument against no-till with stratification and some of the other things, uh, you know, how much of it is in your top six inches versus deep down, you know, what, yep. what kind of comparison will we see? So, Yeah, we're not taking a 12-inch soil sample to determine how much P and K is right. 12 inches down. But I think that's important, too, is nitrate goes, it probably depends on your crop. If you have corn... I mean, that's going past even a foot right. to suck up nitrate. So knowing what is down at a foot can be very helpful because it's just rooting zone. And then the other thing, the, the, the other side of that coin is that soil sampling, like your standard grid soil sampling, is a really good time to assess your soil health improvements because you are, you know, when you're, when you're walking a field in July, when you're walking a cornfield and scouting, you're not thinking about the soil as much, right? You're looking at vegetation, and when you see issues, then you dig into the soil. But as you're walking, you don't think about it all that much. When you're soil sampling, that's all you're thinking about, mm-hmm. right? You get to see the soil texture, soil structure. Um, if you're soil sampling a compacted field, you know immediately. If you're sampling something, um, like we talked right now in the spring, I really like to sample as much no-till as I can in the spring because it's a lot better to sample in the spring. Right. It has better infiltration. It's got better structure, you know? The, some of these conventionally tilled fields in a wet spring are almost impossible to sample. So while that, while you, well, this is not a plug for no-till, but it definitely, you see the benefits um, when you're out soil sampling. So 
I like to take advantage of that time and make mental notes and even write a couple things down as I'm working. So um, in two weeks when we start, or three weeks when we start really thinking about rolling corn planters, I can be like, hey, I soil sampled that. It's really compacted. We got to make sure we're careful this spring when we plant corn, you know, that kind of stuff. So in the end, both tests can be useful, um, and they're even more useful when used in conjunction with one other. Um, they hopefully can help you paint the whole picture on, on your farm as far as soil health, as well as give you a, some more insight into productivity and your return on investment, right? Mm-hmm. We want to know that the money we're spending on cover crops or um, bio, biologicals or that other stuff, we want to know that we're getting something out of that and not just, well, I think we had a five bushel yield bump. Well, this that's not... That's not the way to look at it. You got to look at it as a, re- a return on investment. So I think soil health. You got to look at it as a very long term. What have we gained? And and yield will not indicate that at all. I mean, you might be willing to give up two bushel because you gained, you know, because you're going to gain fifty organ- over the next yeah, ten years. You're going to gain yep. whatever organic matter you're going to gain. So it just is a very different mindset that yep. way. Well, and, and like you said before, we're we're looking for trends. So soil sampling, we're trending over multiple years whereas with these the haney tests like i said before if you're doing three times a year you're trying to look for a trend within the year and trying to correlate those two to see okay here's how i think it's moving through the year now over time we're building are we moving in the right direction both with soil health and with our nutrient uptake correct the one thing i would say just for soil sample handling though too with these these biological tests or the Haney's or whatever is make sure that we don't just throw the sample bags when we get done with them, like in your pickup truck window or handle them with more care than maybe you would a regular soil sample. Yeah, they've got to be frozen, correct, Bill? Yeah. Like, we, so we, well, you've got to keep them on ice. I don't think they have to be, but we just don't want like big, big heat, you know, where it's sitting in the truck and it gets hot. Sure. Sure, it's just keeping them cool. Really, if we right. if we freeze them before they go to the lab, then we know they stay cold all the way in transit. Yeah. So, yep. all right. So there you go. A little bit of insight into how to soil sample. Whether you're doing Haney tests or traditional soil tests, you want to be watching for uh, repeatability, variety, and trends that you can see through the soil to help manage your crops. All right, moving to our spotlight. <clears throat> We've got our corn crop update, and 2% of the U.S. corn crop is in the ground as of um, Monday for April 5th, 2021. We were at 2%. No soybeans in that first report. Mm. It doesn't mean there weren't soybeans planted. They just maybe weren't planted in time for the data collection or reported yet. So 2% of the corn planted and we're only in the first full week of April. We'll see if that trend continues to build any faster. If we do get decent weather throughout April, maybe we'll be in the ground a little sooner this year. Hard to say. And this isn't just uh, Missouri or Kansas. I mean, this is, there's, I know I have friends that I met uh, through school that were planting in Minnesota this week. So Minnesota. So we're on our way. 2021 is in. Yeah, it started. Well, it started in December when that guy in Beaver Dam planted, <laughs> yeah, planted those beans, beans that died. Yeah. So it's, now we're, it, gonna uh, talk, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> but now it started for real again. These little jackets. <laughs> <laughs> 
seed coat. It's already right. yeah, there. Right. It's, it's already there. You need a thicker seed coat, nice. apparently. A har har. Good pun, Todd. <laughs> All right. Now moving to our egg history minute. Gotta love that banjo. So today we're going to talk a little bit about <clears throat> the Commission on Country Life. So U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt appointed the Commission on Country Life in 1908 to address concerns raised by the Country Life Movement. Country Life Movement was an early 20th century American social movement which sought to improve the living conditions of America's rural residents. The movement focused on preserving traditional rural lifestyles while addressing poor living conditions and social problems within rural communities. Despite the movement's rural focus, many of its adherents were urbanites who sought to bring progressive changes and technological improvements to rural areas. The movement had little success in changing rural ways of life. Its principal successes were the promotion of agricultural extension programs and the development of national organizations to improve rural living. And we even see that a little bit today in yep. rural broadband and the the move to improve What's access. What's rural broadband? Improve access to or internet, the internet in rural the, areas. The Rural Health Initiative. Or, yep, rural the Rural Health, health Initiative. As well, yeah. Still can go get your, get your what is it? the Your DTAP, your tetanus yep. shot, and what else? Yep. yep. Those commercials that are on the radio about how everybody should have access to the internet. You never heard those before? I have. I just, we need more rural internet. I, I think uh, Elon President Musk Obama kind of started that, didn't he? Or was it before that? Um, Obviously, it was Theodore Roosevelt. Did you not just listen? Well, to <laughs> yeah, I know he was thinking. Teddy Roosevelt need, started broadband. Yes. I knew he needed. Just like Al Gore. We need high speed internet. <laughs> it became more popular in the Obama years. I don't know if it was his his baby or if it came out of something else. To, off the top of my head, anyway. Research that for next week. Okay. All right. If you like what you're hearing, please go to naicc.org, and there you can find a national independent crop consultant in your area. We appreciate all of you for listening. We really like, we have a lot of listeners out there. We all ask, ask you is to tell a farmer friend. So they're going to say, well, what is this podcast you speak of? And just say, hey, it's radio for your phone. So we'll just hook them up with the app. Or even now, you can go to tiltheg.com backslash podcasts, and you can play it right from your computer. So that's or your phone, basically in an internet browser on your phone. So tiltheg.com backslash podcasts. And Matt, where can they find us? You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tilf Talk Radio. Now we'll move into our cool beans that's corny for the week with our current events. So cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. We got a really cool beans today, don't we? Yep, we got a local auction happened Tuesday of this week, and a Case IH seventy two forty was sold for a record price on that auction. The price previous price was ninety thousand dollars back in two thousand eleven, and now ten years later, a 1995 Case IH 7240 Magnum Mark 50th edition with 4,213 hours was sold for $94,000. Both both the old record and the new record are from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. On Alaska and now, now Seymour. We like our Magnums. We like them. Me and Bill Tilt's grow. Yeah, we yeah. did. We're a red state. Oh, 7120. That was 7120. That was, 7120, that was the, be, It's very similar with the... 
Tilth Grower, right? Sold this tractor, one yep. of our own. Yep. If you read further on down here, he actually, as you go through the equipment auction, almost everything that they sold broke or uh, was the highest that Machinery Pete had seen that um, piece of equipment go for. So they don't, I, they must not hold like carry records like they do like on everything, but the notes all say, this is the highest I've ever seen at auction for this. This is the highest. I mean, it, as you go down the list, there's a lot of stuff that was impressive. So this particular farmer took very good care yeah, of his tractors. Yeah, just the pictures too. And yeah, everyone the looks in real good shape. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're just beautiful looking, you know, especially for that 7220. That's 7240, excuse me. That's getting up there in age for a tractor. And those are the ones starting to show wear more. And I mean, it looks just, it looks really sharp yet. All right. Our That's Corey this week. The Corn Belt is expected to have some possible frost in mid-April, according to the forecast. So a monster Rex block weather pattern. New term in weather on the horizon. Monster Rex weather terms. We learned all the Derecho. Derecho. Don't worry. Yep. Don't worry, what it's coming. Your, what was um, your snow? Uh, snow oh, gr- gravel? Gravel. Gravel. Yeah, gravel. 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 Yeah. Yep. Don't worry, Draco's in this episode still, Bill. Ooh, Just not to be confused <laughs> with a grapple. Yes. We're not Gra- wrestling? Grapple. Yeah, I don't know. I guess this is this is the fear. This is exactly why we did not get too excited this past week. So the 2%, right. in other news, the 2% of beans planted will die. Will die. <laughs> corn. Corn, corn, not corn. beans. Still, yeah. So there is a always that possibility. I mean, it is early April, so they're saying somewhere around the fifteenth, sixteenth. Uh, so about a week from now, there could be a frost or freeze. So the Rex block. What's it? A Rex block? What does that even mean? I will have know. to Google it because it's is in it the like story. But Rex Rex Dereco is his name. Yes, the Rex block is a blocking pattern that, in relation. To the United States occurs most often in the spring and most often occurs along or near the West Coast. A Rex block has two adjacent highs and lows. Most impressive Rex blocks will have a strong low pressure next to a strong high pressure. So there you go. That's what a Rex block is. Strong low meets strong high. Thanks, Google. Yep, strong Mm. (laughs) hole. Strong hole. Strong high and low. And affects our weather weather pattern here. So there you go. Let's wrap it all up now with our ag idiom of the week. So Max, what do you got for us this week for our ag idiom? All right, we got and it's, there's a lot of different ways to say this. So I kind of tried to take the one that I like the most because this is said a lot of different ways. But shut the stable door after the horse has bolted. So your definition is to be so late in taking action to prevent something bad that the bad event has already happened Hmm. so um adding hail insurance the day after a tornado not very helpful it's kind of too late for that yep that good advice that you just can't take what's that (laughs) nice what it's ironic isn't it ironic ironic. don't you think a little too ironic (laughs) yeah i really do think (laughs) okay it's like a free ride it's when like you've already paid. 10,000 spoons when you... All you need, need is a knife. knife. 
Thanks, Atlantis. And then, <laughs> and then here's your Duraco. Found it. Spreading nitrogen after the Duraco knocks all the corn over. Wouldn't want to lose any yield. Yep. Wouldn't want to lose it. <laughs> Got to protect what's there. <laughs> all that nitrogen. That corn will take it up. Don't worry. Yep. Green, so. green snap doesn't affect nitrogen uptake at all. Zero percent. Sarcasm. <clears throat> all right. So there's your there's your egg getting me of the week. We got Duraco snuck into another episode. Woohoo. Is it like a drinking game now where we just trying to provide our listeners with opportunities? Yes. So make sure you shut that door after the horse is gone. Before the horse is gone. Well, yeah, before it before. would you well the so saying is after. Right. That's what the saying is. Okay, so is putting the kicker on the cowl after you've been kicked in the side of the leg, is that No, because she because might kick, she could you, kick again. you again. Right. You but but what about when your dad has told you a hundred times she's going to kick you? Then do you? Then you're just a moron. Then you shut the stable door too early and too late, right? Yeah. And you then, lose then, either way. Then you have a slow learning curve. You know what I'm talking about? Where they, when they <laughs> warn you like six times, you're like, "No, not me!" And then she won't she, kick. She loves me. I'm her favorite. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this week, guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us, Matt. This week we talked about soil sampling and soil health, whether it's traditional soil tests or Haney tests, uh, what to look for there. Spotlight, we got our first corn crop update. 2% of U.S. corn is in the ground. Egg History Minute, we talked about the Commission for Country Life. Cool Beans was a local auction, had some record-breaking prices on tractors. That's corny frost still possible, so hopefully that 2% of corn in the ground doesn't get nipped off. And we wrapped it all up with our egg idiom of the week. So rather than shut the door after the horse is bolted, I'll say goodbye, and thanks for listening. Happy farming. <laughs>